0: While we're standing, we'll go to the word of the Lord. Again, it's been a privilege to be here this week. Looking forward at the Lord tarries to next week. Yes. Appreciate everybody that's been so faithful to these services and prayer yes. and uh, set a goal to try to pray uh, perhaps a little extra and to take a day to fast uh, once a week if you can. And uh, we appreciate brother and sister Carriker, uh their family, and uh, they've been just a uh, We've had a lot of fun and a lot of, uh, I feel like, spiritual camaraderie. And, uh, and this is a great church. Let me just say this is a great church. I hope you love your church. Amen. Every man needs to have a revelation. Uh, and that is, this is my city, this is my church, and this is my pastor. And, uh, you know, that will make you content. Uh, the Bible said, as a bird that wandereth from her nest, so is a man that wandereth from his place. There are circumstances that happen in life. But God has a place for us, and we are here for such a time as this. In 2022, we absolutely, there's no question, can have the victory. The technology of this world will never leave the church behind. The church is ahead of any type of cultural wave. We're already ahead. God already has. He he knows what's going to happen, and God is certainly able to anoint us in this generation. So we're going to go to the book of John chapter number fourteen, and then we'll also go to the book of Psalms chapter seventy-one. Uh, Kyra had a song ready, but I appreciate you doing that, and I just feel like going on. And I enjoyed that uh, presentation by uh, Brother Ethan, and that certainly was inspiring. We have been working in Mexico. I actually lived there twenty. No, no. Uh, well, how <laughs> long? Uh, 53, 52 years ago, I lived there in 1969 for a summer. And uh, my mother was finishing some of her studies. Then went back as a temporary missionary or, or a one-year missionary in 19, or ni- 1995. And then since in the last 13 years I've been to Mexico uh, many times, between 25 and 30 times, spent another year there. And I'm very glad to report that there are many uh, independent missionaries that are preaching the truth <laughs> Right now there are six. There is Elder Wakefield and young Brother Wakefield in Puebla, Brother Baez in Mexico City. Uh, His son is now working in the state of Querétaro. And uh, also Brother Loa in Toluca has a great work. They're finishing a building, and they uh, run about 150 people, doing very well. Uh, Brother Vaughn is in Uriangato and has a a daughter work in Guadalajara. They also are doing well, finishing a beautiful two-story building. And uh, a new young missionary, thirty one years old, sold his business, a uh, very solid young man from the Port Arthur Church for the Caleb rule. And uh, with the blessings of his pastor and a lot of prayer over a period of time, they uh, they gave it all. They sold their, sold their home and sold their business and uh, their vehicles, and uh, bought Mexican vehicles and renting a house and I'll tell you what, my wife has been there with me a couple of times. They're doing tremendous. They're doing tremendous. They have started a church in Morelia, and they also already have, the work there runs anywhere from 40 to 60, and, you know, they're not all discipled, but many of them have the Holy Ghost, and then they have a new work that it opened up. Morelia is, oh, let me see, about two and a half hours west of Mexico City. It's a city of one million people, very modern, and then another work opened up for them in Celaya, which is about an hour and a half north uh, and uh, another young man is coming, Lord willing, from Texas. These Texans are really uh, blazing a trail. Brother Vaughn's a Texan, and Cade Howard is a Texan. And, and so, uh, you know, God is sending people. And uh, let me encourage, uh, you know, with pastor's approval, those of you that do things like uh, uh, the Hope Corps uh, if you ever get a chance, even couples to visit, you know, whatever your pastor says with the approval of your pastor, you get a chance to visit one of these good mission fields and uh, it will inspire you. You won't necessarily become a missionary, but uh, it will help you to to focus, to give and so on, really to see how so many people in this world live. And uh, and we are so blessed. So I know you've been standing. Thank you again. Uh, the book of John, chapter number 14 and I want to say I appreciate my wife so much in all of her uh, sacrifice. She does not complain, and, uh, and we are blessed. I've uh, been evangelizing over 24 years. We're in our 25th year evangelizing, done many, many missions, projects, and I really appreciate her just, her willingness. I really, really do. And there's something that can happen to a person when they, uh, and everyone has their own calling. Let me say, everyone has their own calling. And most of us, our calling is right here. This is our mission field right here in the Hutchinson area, all this area, in the, in the towns, maybe cities, uh, many, many cities need churches in Kansas, many cities. And my, my opinion is that when we first start, they need to be under a mother church. And that way they're not isolated, they're not weak, and, and so on. They can have fellowship, they can have backing. To us, that's been, that's been the best way to grow new churches but, uh, but we also need to have that feeling and, and realization that all this world will pass away. We need to make a big investment in the kingdom of God. Yes. Our tithes and our offerings and our missions giving. Let me tell you that the more you give to missions and the more you give in your offerings. Now, I'm not talking about giving everything you got. But if you will give a good percentage, God will bless you and multiply you. He'll multiply your finances. Amen. The book of John chapter 14 and verse number one. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions, if it were not so. I would have told you, let's skip to verse number 18. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come unto you. Verse 26. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things. And then the book of Psalms chapter 71 And we will read, uh, let me see here, verse number 21, Psalm 71 and verse 21. Thou shalt increase my greatness and comfort me on every side. And I have felt this this evening, uh, this afternoon. I just want to deliver what's on my heart. And uh, let me say, everyone here needs the baptism of the Holy Ghost. We cannot be saved. The scripture says, except a man be born again of the water and of the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Receiving the Holy Ghost should be the top priority in your life. The first day of the church, Peter was asked, what do we do? And he said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. And for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. But I'm going to preach tonight about some aspects of the Holy Ghost. And uh, we'll just let the Lord have his way and deal with people. But let me tell you, you will never, be, you'll never have the peace and the comfort in your heart. Until like, like you want to have and like you can have. I'm talking about a peace that can cause you to not be afraid of death. To not be afraid of suffering. To not worry about hell. That comfort can be in your heart, and a comfort that you know Jesus Christ, no matter who is passed from this life, no matter what emptiness that you face, there's a comfort that's greater than any other comfort, and that is the comfort of the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, we ask you to speak to us. God, I need your help today. God, I want to follow your spirit. Let the Holy Ghost help us, Jesus. Pray and speak to every person that is here today. I know it is your will for everyone to have the Holy Ghost. God, it is your will for everyone to be ready for the rapture, for everyone to have the blessings, the baptism of the Holy Ghost in their life. God, I pray you'd help me, Lord, to minister, to relate, whatever, God, you want me to do tonight. the name of Jesus, according to you, will help us to respond to your will. In Jesus' name. You can be seated. The comfort of the Holy Ghost. The Bible speaks uh, quite a bit about the subject of comfort, so we'll just give you some scriptures Uh, The book of Isaiah, comfort ye, comfort ye my people, saith the Lord. First Thessalonians, wherefore comfort ye one another with these words. Psalms 94 and 19, in the multitude of thy thoughts within me, thy comforts delight my soul. Psalms 119 and 50, this is my comfort in my affliction, for thy word hath quickened me. And when we speak of the comfort of the Holy Ghost, we are speaking of something that fills a void that nothing else can fill. Jesus was at the end of his ministry when he, in the book of John chapter 14, began to share uh, these uh, chapters 14, 15, 16, and 17. In the book of John, which is different from the synoptic gospels or the parallel gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Matthew, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, pardon. Uh, The book of John uh, is a much more personal, a much more emotional book. It's written by John, the beloved disciple, and noted for the great revelation John had as to who Jesus was. The book of John says, "...in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God." The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made which was made. Verse 10 said, He was in the world, and the world was made by Him, and the world knew Him not. Verse 14 of John chapter 1 said, And the word was made flesh. And dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten Father, full of grace and truth. Verse 19 said, No man hath seen the Father, the only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father. He hath declared him. In Spanish, el unigénito que está en el seno de Padre, él nos ha dado para conocer, which means uh, kind of a parallel uh, translation is that nobody can know God except through the revelation of Jesus Christ. That Jesus Christ is the, as the Book of Hebrews says, the visible, or that He is the express image of God's person. The Book of Colossians chapter one verse fifteen said, Jesus Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. Later in the Book of John. John chapter 14, Jesus said, "Uh, Hast thou been so long time with me, yet thou hast not known me, Philip, he that hath seen me, el que ha visto a mí, he has seen the Father. How sayest thou then, show us the Father. Believest thou not that I am in the Father, and the Father in me, the words that I speak unto you. I speak not of myself, but my Father that dwelleth in me. He doeth the works. Jesus Christ is God manifest in the flesh second corinthians said to wit that god was in christ reconciling the world unto himself Jesus Christ is everything that the Old Testament Father revealed himself. Every single name or uh, relationship that we find in the Old Testament is revealed through Jesus Christ. In the Old Testament, he is the shepherd. Jesus Christ is the great shepherd. In the Old Testament, he was the rock. Jesus Christ is spoken of as the rock. In the Old Testament, he was the prince of glory. In the New Testament, he is also the prince of glory. And we could go through these things, but the book of John is full of... Of these personal revelations. It's, it's in the book of John where Jesus said, I and my father are one. It's in the book of John chapter number eight where Jesus said, verily I say unto you before Abraham was, I am. The book of John has the personal ending where he gives both John and Peter the chance to reaffirm their personal relationship with him before he leaves. But notice here in chapter 14, Jesus begins his dialogue, his last great narrative of, uh, or if you want to call it, it's not really a sermon. But he said, uh, in, "He said, I know that you are going to feel empty." He said, uh, uh, "Don't be comfortless." He said, "I don't want you." Uh, to be, uh, He said, I want you to be of good comfort. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. He said, I, I don't want you to feel empty. I don't want you to feel like uh, that everything is, uh, is over. I want you to understand that I'm going for a purpose. Let not your hearts be troubled. Is there somebody here tonight that needs the comfort of the Spirit? Is there somebody here that needs some reassurance uh, that you are still on God's mind? that you are not far away for God, that God is right there close to you. Jesus was, uh, he was comforting his disciple. Let not your hearts be troubled. And then he begins to make them promises of eternal life. Now, some of us, this is uh, not something that we think about, but, and I'm not going to preach about it, but Jesus Christ has made a way. The scripture said he will be our guide even unto death. Amen. As I progress down this way, you know, uh, as David said, I have been young, and now I'm. I'm not going to say I'm old. I'm getting old. I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging for bread. I have seen God be faithful, but you know, I've, I haven't walked the rest of this road yet. But we have the promise of the Scripture that He will never leave us. He said, "I will never leave thee nor forsake thee." Uh, David, back in the Old Testament, said, "Thou wilt not leave my soul in hell." Uh, he said m- many times in the Book of Psalms. Uh, he said, "You're going." to raise me up. I'm going to see your face again. The book even in the book of Job, Job said that I will awake to see you in glory. And so the Lord has promised to be with us to the end and he's giving us the promise of eternal life of mansions. Now I don't know if these are going to be mansions like are here in Hutchinson and other places, but they're going to be dwelling places. It's going to have it's going to be a wonderful place. Streets of gold and gates of pearl and walls of jasper it's going to be eternal life there will be no more sorrow there will be no more tears there will be no more suffering nations will not lift up weapons anymore They're, neither will they learn war there will be no more uh, uh, bright sun and there will be no more darkness there will be no more seas it's going to be a wonderful existence the Lord has said don't be without comfort be not comfortless he said I am going to come back to you let not your heart be troubled You believe in God, believe also in me. And then in verse 18, while he is talking to them, he said, I will not leave you comfortless. In Spanish, No os dejo huérfanos. I'm not going to leave you like children, orphans. I'm not going to leave you like children that have no parents. I am not ever going to leave you without care in your life. Let me tell you right now, God is taking care of you. If you have given your life to God, you have a heavenly father that is watching over you. Amen. And I could, I could really say that even before you got in church, he was watching over you, but you were in dangerous ground. Amen. But you still had a father, but uh, not, not like you do now. Amen. And so God is watching over you. His angels are watching over you. And uh, he said, I will not leave you comfortless. Everybody say comfortless. I will come unto you. And then in verse 26, uh, we read this, the comforter, and this identifies it closely, which is the Holy Ghost. The comforter, which is the Holy Ghost. So the Lord said, I'm going to give you a comforter. Now the word comfort here can mean many things. In a practical sense, a comforter is someone that fills a void. A comforter can be a friend. It can be something that makes you feel secure. Comfort has to do with not only uh, with not only having things but feeling protected. And uh, but specifically in the book of John, the word comforter comes from the Greek word paraklete or parakletos, which transferred uh, tra- uh, translated literally means someone that is at your side, someone that you. can lean on someone who will always be there. I think of this because Jesus said, he said, "Uh, Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. My yoke, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. This word rest is common when you talk about the Holy Ghost. He said, I want you to link up with me. I need someone my size who's about six foot. We got the tall and the short and anybody in between up here? Anybody six foot? One of you guys? All right, brother. There we go. Yeah, we were matching up yesterday. Come on, come on, brother. And so he said, uh, he said, I want you to be. I, I, I said, go, go ahead, you, you can put your, your your yoke on me. He said, he said, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. I'm talking about the comfort of the Holy Ghost. He said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. When you get the Holy Ghost, it's not just a thing. The Holy Ghost is Jesus Christ. I know that's pretty basic, right? We we know that. But when it's, when we talk about he said, Take my yoke upon you, and learn from me, for I am meek and lowly and higher, and you shall find rest unto your souls. We know that two horses that are that are linked together. Two burros. Dos burros. Hallelujah. What's another word for burro? I don't know. But when you put them together, they can pull like four times the, the, four times the weight. Four, two horses together can pull like four times the weight of one horse. The Lord said, if you will just link up with me, then I will help you with your loads. He said, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. You're not alone. You're not bearing your load. That's okay, brother. You're you're not bearing your load all by yourself. You may think, Brother Wilson, I feel so isolated. I feel like everything is on me. I can't do all of this. Hey, whether you're the dad trying to make a living and it all seems like too much, or whether you're a mom and there's not enough time to go around to, to, to do everything that needs to be done. Hey, you've got a friend. You've got a comforter. It's the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Let me say, be filled with the Holy Ghost and let the comforter help you you I don't want to get way too ahead of myself, but we all need peace. We don't need to worry. Worry is not the will of God. I know this is not a norm. This is just what I feel in my heart. It's not the will of God to worry. The Bible said, let not your heart be troubled. Don't let your heart be worried. Philippians said, be careful, be anxious. No se ha preocupado. Don't be careful for anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God and the peace of Philippians chapter 4 and the peace of God which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. There is a comforting work. There is a supporting work in the Holy Ghost, whether you're in your teens or whether you're in your 20s or your 30s, whatever stage in your life, whether it's the situation at home or your kids or your grandkids, whether it's just your your homework or your business or whatever it is in your life that's pulling on you and pushing down, you've got something more powerful in you if it's the baptism of the holy ghost it's jesus christ and he can help you there's power there's power there's power in the holy ghost let me just say, ladies uh, and all of us here, we don't get medals from God by worrying. We're not going to get medals by being a chicken running around. We need the Holy Ghost. We need the peace of God. We need to cast all our cares upon him, for he careth for us. The Bible said, casting your burden upon the Lord, and he shall sustain thee. It says, cast your burden on the Lord, and he will help you. Basically, it means he will help you carry it. There's something real about the Holy Ghost. I'm not preaching a concept and I'm not preaching just a feeling. I'm talking about God helping you. I'm talking about God encouraging you. God working your situation out. God helping you with your problems. God touching other people. God moving situations. He said, I'm not going to leave you alone. I'm going to be there. I'm going to send you the baptism of the Holy Ghost. It's going to help you. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. I don't know why, but I feel I, I, I preach a lot about the Holy Ghost. We started in the Spirit. This movement depended on the power of the Holy Ghost. We'll never have big enough churches. We'll never have sufficient professionalism to get away from the power of the Holy Ghost. We're not going to smooth our way into the kingdom and into into, to heaven. We're not going to get there. We're not going to do great things just in our own power or by our own self-discipline. We've got to have the power of of the Holy Ghost. Amen. The comfort, the comfort of the Holy Ghost. The book of, uh, the book of Isaiah chapter 28 and verse number 11 talks about it's, it's the Holy Ghost. It's the Holy Ghost with stammering lips and another tongue. Would I speak to this people? Will I speak to this people to whom he said, this is the rest. And this is the refreshing Uh, Yet for all they would not hear. And that's quoted in the book of uh, Acts chapter 3. The the Acts of the Apostles chapter 3. So just one chapter after Acts chapter 2. And uh, Peter is preaching. He said, repent ye therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out. When the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. This is the rest. And this is the refreshing. Isaiah 28. 700 years before Christ. Then the Holy Ghost comes and Peter says, repent. Repent. You Therefore, be converted, be changed, be transformed when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. Paul, the apostle, writes and specifically quotes the book of Isaiah, chapter 28. In the book, Paul writes in 1 Corinthians, chapter 14, he said, wherefore it is written in the law, he said, with stammering lips and another tongue, would I speak to this people to whom he said, this is the rest and this is the refreshing. He specifically applies that scripture to the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And Paul says in earlier in chapter 14 of 1 Corinthians, he said, he said, when I, when I speak in tongues, my spirit prayeth, but my understanding is unfruitful. Verse number four of 1 Corinthians 14 said, When I speak another tongue, my spirit, I believe it's verse number four, my spirit is edified, edified. And that word means to be built up. It's the same word, uh, root as an edifice. In Spanish, edificar, un edificio. It means to build something strong, to build something firm. When I pray in tongues, When I pray in the Spirit, Paul said, what am I going to do? Am I just going to pray with my understanding? Am I just going to pray in English or whatever my native tongue? Or am I going to let the Holy Ghost pray through me? He said, I'm going to pray in the Spirit, and I'm going to pray with the understanding. Why? Because the Holy Ghost helps us. The Holy Ghost is our comforter. The book of Romans chapter 8. Yeah, this is different for an evangelist. The book of Romans chapter number 8 and verse number, I believe, 26 said, Likewise, the Spirit, everybody say the Spirit, helpeth, helpeth, helpeth our infirmities, for we know not how we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered, and he which searcheth the hearts, knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Jesus said, I'm not going to leave you comfortless. I'm going to give you a way to pray. I'm going to give you a way to be built up in the Holy Ghost. The book of Jude said, but you, beloved, building up yourselves, building up yourselves, praying in the Holy Ghost. Keep yourself in the love of God. Hey, do you want some comfort? Do you need some rest? It's time to let the Holy Ghost have its way and pray in the Holy Ghost. Oh, let's lift our hands and praise the Lord together today. Hallelujah. The comfort, the comfort, the comfort of the Holy Ghost. Oh, yes. There are things that we need that are outside of us. There are spiritual things we need that come from the outside. They don't come from our brain. They don't come just from what we see here. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But faith opens us to the spiritual power of God. The baptism of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Someone say praise the Lord. Hallelujah. This Holy Ghost power refreshes and renews us. Though the inward man perish, yet the the outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. The inward man is renewed. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come unto you. Amen. Many things the Bible said only come by the Spirit. God hath not given us the spirit of fear. But of love, 1 Timothy or Second Timothy, but of love and of power and of a sound mind. There is love that you can't get outside of the spirit. You cannot just create a agape love. You can't just imitate the charismatic world and all of a sudden have the love of God. You can't just say, I love you, brother, in the love of Christ. How can you do that without the love of Christ? The Bible said the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts, literally, Shed abroad when you it's how by the Holy Ghost when the when, when when the power of the Holy Ghost comes on you it fills you maybe this is repetitive to, to a lot of folks I'm not trying to be just a, I'm not trying to be a Bible teacher here today but I, this this goes along with what I'm preaching we we need a baptism of the love of God it's the love of God the Bible said that transforms our hearts. The book of uh, Titus, chapter number three, and uh, I believe verse number three. For we were sometimes foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving diving lust, lavish lusts and pleasures, living in malice, and hating one another. But after that, the kindness and love of God our Savior toward man appeared, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to His mercy, He saved us. By the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost, which He had shed out on us abundantly through Jesus Christ. We were mean, we were calloused. We were living in malice and envy and hateful and hating one another. But the love of God was poured out into our heart through the baptism of the Holy Ghost. But Jesus, when you were here, we, we saw your love, we saw your compassion, we felt your care. Jesus said, "I'm not going to leave you alone." I'm not going to leave you comfortless. I will come unto you. This Holy Ghost can rebaptize us with the love of God. This Holy Ghost can transform our hearts. The Bible talks about, and we mentioned it, I believe, already, the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but peace and righteousness and joy in the Holy Ghost. There's a peace that comes from the Holy Ghost. There's a righteousness that comes from the Holy Ghost. There's a joy that comes from the Holy Ghost. Joy is more than contentment. It's, it's linked more to contentment than you would call happiness. Joy is victory. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Some of us need to have joy. You know, joy uh, can come to your heart uh, when you go through a trial. You come out of the trial. The sun is shining, and there's there's a joy that can come to you. But there's a spiritual joy. That It doesn't matter if it's still raining on the outside. There's a joy that can come to you in the Holy Ghost when you've lost a loved one and you're still preparing for the funeral. There's a joy that can come to you when they've taken away your car or everything is breaking down. There's a joy in the Holy Ghost that can still be in your heart when your child has left and said, I don't want to go to church anymore. There's a joy. There's a joy because this Holy Ghost, this Holy Ghost is greater. This Holy Ghost is Jesus Christ. Christ Jesus said, "Peace I leave with you, My peace I give to you. not as the world giveth, give I unto you. let not your hearts be troubled, neither let it be afraid. You're not going to be alone. I just felt to preach this. You're not going to be alone. I, 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 I'm going to comfort you. I've, I've got to comfort you. Hey, let me tell you, we're back here again. We've got to learn to wait and to be baptized in the Spirit. I'm musicians to come. Hallelujah. just want to follow the Holy Ghost here today. Isaiah chapter 40. Many of you can quote the last few verses, uh, 20, 28 through 31. Hast thou not known, hast thou not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary. There is no searching of his understanding. He giveth power to the faint. He giveth power to the faint. And to them that have no might, he increaseth strength. Even the youths shall faint. Even the youth shall faint and be weary. And the young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord. Los que esperan en Jehová. How long are you willing to wait? Now, I'm not talking about waiting, you know, days. I'm talking about spending some time in prayer. And I thought about preaching out this, and I'm not going to give too much because I, I don't feel like it's, it's the vein the Holy Ghost wants me to go into. But there's a place between you and God. It's a secret place. Nobody can take it away from you. The entrance into the presence of God you have found it with your spirit. You've sought after God. You've touched God. No matter where you're at, no matter what you're going through, there's a secret place. He that dwelt in a secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. But it's that place in prayer where you're waiting on God and you got your mind off of the things of the world and you don't care whether you got to be alone, whatever you got to do, but we got to spend some time. The Bible says they that wait Upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Their strength. The, we, the washing of regeneration, renewing of the Holy Ghost. The Inward man is renewed day by day. Hallelujah, the Holy Ghost. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come unto you. But it's this baptism of the Holy Ghost. Praying in the Holy Ghost. Uh, I, I'm not preaching today. you got to have a, you know, this uh, huge uh, you know, prayer meeting every single day. Maybe that's not realistic. But as often as possible, we need to be renewed in the Holy Ghost. If you're going weeks at a time without a good touch of the Holy Ghost, if you're going several days without a time without feeling the Holy Ghost, that's not good. But especially if you're in a trial, before you call the lawyer, before you call the counselor, before you even before you call the pastor. I mean, if you gotta call pastor, call pastor. Absolutely, absolutely call pastor. But you know what we gotta do? We gotta spend some time in prayer. We need prayer. Our marriages can be better if both people will pray. Let me ask you, what's wrong with praying for an hour? I'm not saying you got, why? Jesus brought his disciples, his chosen disciples, and he said, could you not watch with me one hour? He said, I'm telling you, this is, a, this is an important time. My soul is, is, is uh, suffering. What did he say? Even unto death, my soul is exceedingly troubled. Even unto death. He said, watch and pray He said, what did he say? He said, watch and pray. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. The carnal mind is enmity against God. This is our struggle, folks. We have everything we need. We have everything we need. You're not perfect. I'm not perfect. But we do have what we need to be saved. And we are in the church, and the church is safe. As long as you're in the ark, you're going to heaven. Okay? But we must take advantage of the baptism of the Holy Ghost. The flesh doesn't want to pray. The flesh doesn't want to wait on God. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Now, some of you can identify, I've been through some low times. I've been through some times of discouragement. I've been through some times, and you've been through some times when you just knew you needed to do a little more for God. And I'm going to tell you what one of the answers can be. Put aside some time in prayer. and and imitate our forefathers. It didn't bother them to spend an hour or two at the altar. I'm not saying we got to do that tonight, but to spend time and say, I'm going to go down and pray until I feel the touch of God. I'm going to pray at least an hour. I'm going to pray until the Holy Ghost is moving through my heart. I'm going to pray until I feel the strength and the comfort of the Holy Ghost. Now, this isn't going to apply to everybody, but I know what it's like to be so lonely that it hurt. Sixteen years old, seventeen years old living at the church by myself and a big old church complex, walking around hearing all the creaks and the groans of all this, you know, the building at night. Ooh. Praying, praying. God, it's just me. It's just me here praying and talking and getting alone in my room and praying and crying. As a teenager, God comforted my heart. I'll never be. I'll never, I'm with you always. You're never going to be on your own. I'm, I'm the comforter. I know what it's like to be a young man, wife, and children right off the bat, and uh, the struggles of paying bills and working sometimes 12, 14 hours, tired, tired, trying to make sure everything was at peace, but just reaching out to God. My answer was to be filled with the Holy Ghost. I know we have church. and I, I'm just preaching just about this, the comfort of the Holy Ghost. Times when you're sick and the answer is not coming. Times when there's troubles in families and the answer is not coming. But you know what? Part of the answer is let Jesus, let the Holy Ghost, let the Holy Ghost really, really renew itself. Let's stand together. I feel like, like God's spoken. This may not be for everybody here today, but I feel like God has spoken to some folks here today. There's a comfort in the Holy Ghost. My, oh, my. Doesn't it feel good on a Sunday morning to have good church? to go to eat some comfort food uh, I gotta be careful here but there's Cracker Barrel and there's yeah, for us you know I don't know whatever your comfort food is fried chicken mashed potatoes greens corn sit back in a chair start reading your Bible or something that's not you know stressful comfort comfort the comfort of the Holy Ghost in the midst of a topsy-turvy world, in the midst of all the troubles, we have, the Bible calls it, I didn't preach about this, but the comfort of the scriptures. We have the comfort of our fellowship. We have the protection of the church, the walls of the church, all these things, which we've mentioned some of this already. But more than any of that, you've got to have the comfort of the Holy Ghost inside of you. If you're empty, something in your heart is calling out for God. Mary and, G- and Peter and all of those disciples were so attached to Jesus, so attached. John, to where he'd actually move up and, and sit right next to Jesus. That's how much he loved him. Jesus said, I got to go. I got to go. He said, if I don't go, and I, I, can't, I don't have time to preach about this, but there was no Holy Ghost until Jesus rose from the dead. John chapter 6 and verse number 7, Jesus told the disciples, it's expedient for you that I go away. If I go not away, the Comforter will not come. He said, the Son of Man is among you, but he shall be in you. This spake he of the Holy Ghost, which they that believe in him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given. Given is in italics. It says not yet given. It really says not yet because Jesus was not yet glorified. Jesus could not be in everybody until the human spirit, whatever personal part of Jesus Christ was, was glorified. He died, rose from the dead because he was actually God. He had the same personality as God the Father. The, the man, all that the man Christ Jesus carried, if he had a human spirit, whatever you want to talk about there, it became omnipresent. The Bible said that he, became, he went up and he filled all things in the book of Ephesians. When Jesus was glorified, now he can come into every human being that wants the Holy Ghost. There's no limits. And we talked about all kinds of stuff the eternal life that is in Jesus Christ. All those things. But tonight we've talked about the comfort of the Holy Ghost. And so the Jesus that they leaned on and the Jesus that they held his feet and the Jesus that they wept and the Jesus that they loved, the Jesus who was right there with them, now Jesus says, I'm going to be in you. And Jesus Christ can live in your heart. Jesus Christ can take the fears away from you. Jesus Christ can heal the anxiety that you're suffering. Jesus Christ can be whatever you need. You don't have to have a husband. You hear me? You don't need to go out, and, and I, I don't want to you know, cross with the pastor, but you don't have to. If you're, if you're without a husband, without a wife, and, and whatever situation that you've gone through, what you don't need to do is go into the world and just get somebody because you're so lonely. That's not the answer. People make terrible decisions, and their lives are messed up because the answer is to get the comfort of Jesus Christ first. If it's the will of God, let God bring someone that's godly and holy that your pastor approves of, and, and all. Of, but you're, let, let me tell you, young people, just getting married, young people just getting married, it's not going to fill the void in your heart that only Jesus Christ fills. Sorry to tell you that that your your girlfriend, your boyfriend, they're not perfect, and neither are you. All of you here having a nice car is not going to fill the gap. Those of you that are coming, you're working, and you got a house now. It's not going to make you happy, totally happy. The only thing that will make you totally content and totally comfortable even when you're on your deathbed and you can smile and sing your last songs and you look up to Jesus my aunt just passed away a few months a few years just a year and a half ago and she was a wonderful woman of God and she smiled as she saw evidently saw Jesus Christ and she reached up to him on her deathbed because the comforter was there the Jesus that she met in her youth was there to meet her at death Well, that's what I have in my heart tonight. That's what I feel like that the Lord has spoken to us. And uh, if you need the Holy Ghost, you've got to have the Holy Ghost. It's got to be number one. I really shouldn't have to plead with you. You You ought to realize, but yes, I have to preach the gospel. There is a heaven and a hell. You've got to have the Holy Ghost to be saved. But why would you not want the greatest friend, the person who loves you the most? Why would you not want the person that can give you happiness and comfort? Why would you not want the one that can take away your fears? The one that can make you feel better in your heart and your spirit? The one who can heal your mind and heal your emotions. Let's be filled with Jesus. Let's make up our minds. We're going to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Let's come tonight before we leave this place and let's spend some time worshiping the Lord. If you need the Holy Ghost, why don't you come tonight and give the Lord your heart. Hallelujah. Seek the Lord while he may be found.